Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Hello, and welcome to issue 665 of Geek in the City of Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashtani. How's it going, my friend? It is Tuesday. <laughs> Woohoo! It yeah, is, right? It is. Like, oh, man. It, it's in my head. It's, it's, uh, I, I hear, um, Tina Fey and um, Alec Baldwin just do the whole, wow, what a week, huh? Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday, Lemon. It's Tuesday, Lemon. <laughs> yeah, man, that's like, oh, and by the way, uh, Denise will join us eventually. We did try to give her the out to start the show at 7 again today, and she's like, no, no, 6.30 works. Um, she does come in from the West Hills now on the weekdays, so. Yep. I'm always amazed she gets even close to like 6.30. And, and like, she, like she said before on the show, it when we're broadcasting in studio, which we will be doing again soon. I, I'm clearly, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still all, here. Yeah, this is all on me, guys, because my doctor wants me to avoid anything outside of my circle or the grocery store until I get that biovalent booster. Bivalent. Um, and the flu shot. She's like, the last thing you need is one of those two things while your body's repairing a stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the number one thing that the new variant hits is it ups your chances for a stroke and blood clots. Well, that's... Yeah. Lousy. Yeah. Nobody so, wants that. Nobody no, wants but that. especially me. Especially you. Especially me. So yeah, that's not on you. That's on your doctor. You're under doctor's orders. That has nothing to do. Stupid doctor. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Good. No, I... Listen to your doctor. Oh, I am. Good. Good. But uh, I, okay. I'm availing myself of the studio since we this way. Merrick... Like, look, Merrick has been a trooper and put up with me for two weeks straight of being at home. And I'm trying to give her back some space whenever I can. Just two weeks, huh? Y- yes. Well, 
when it, when it's not something that you were expecting. Sure. Yeah. Um, yes. But I'm with you. I don't know why Tuesdays are not good days for me. And it's not because like I'm rushing to get the show ready or anything. But over the past few years, like Tuesdays are when like the depression hits me the hardest. Like Tuesdays for some reason have started to measurably suck. Mm-hmm. I don't look forward to them. I, yeah, they're just not good. Um, someone's like, well, that makes you like really nice and fun and aggro for the show. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, that's, that's not where you want to be. Like being salty professionally is not fun. It is not exciting. No, I know that people for whatever reason, and I'm like, I, I, I enjoy a good rant from an entertainer. Um, Mm. But at the same time, if you are said entertainer, that becomes exhausting. Yes, it takes its toll. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and it's, I I think, too, in the nearly 20 years now that we have known each other, um, mm. we have both grown in our as people and in our fandoms and in, in the things that we love to it's like, I don't want to spend time hating on things. I want to spend all of that time promoting and enjoying the things that I actually love and enjoy right. and want to share that with people because that is so much more fulfilling than getting mad or, or frustrated or what have you about any other thing that's out there. That you literally have no control over. Yeah. And nor will your rant change a damn thing. Nope. It really won't. Yeah. Although, speaking of promoting something. Yes. Do you have something to promote? I do. Look what I have in my hands. What is that? This is the trade collection of Season of the Bruja Volume 1. Is that all five issues collected into one trade? Five issues collected into one convenient trade. That's fantastic. It is actually. It's pretty fucking cool to see this. Um, So, so before anyone asks, this comes out December seventh. December seventh, you say? Yes, December seventh. All right. Which is uh, notoriously a bad time to release graphic novels. Uh, so that's why I'm promoting it now, uh, mainly because if you get from a local comic book shop, uh, they still have to order this. Th- well, it's this month's diamond that this has appeared. So like okay. the diamond that hits stores tomorrow is where Season the Bruja is appearing. So unlike traditional comics, like comic shops can kind of edit, can kind of order graphic novels whenever. They don't have to do them three months out. But... The whole team of this book would really appreciate it if you go to a comic book shop that you place your reservation in now um, because that initial sales number will help out the book in the long run. That it will. Yeah, a lot. Um, I know we covered pre-orders a a bit last week, week before. Yeah. I don't know. What is time? Um, But the, uh, again... That is how you indicate to these companies that these are the things that you want is go to your local stores, go, hi, I want this thing. Will you please order it for me? And 
that way those shops can go, oh, well, I was going to order two copies. I guess I'm ordering 20. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can also, if you don't have a local shop, um, you can order this. You know the one site, but I'm not going to say it. Um, that's the site where everyone gets the least amount of money from it, except for Jeff Bezos. Um <clears throat> But like, if you you can order it through Barnes and Nobles, you can order it directly through Simon and Schuster because this book has a partnership with them, the graphic novel side of it, which is really cool. Um, you can also eventually be able to place an order directly from OniPress.com, but that's a ways out. Uh, but yeah, right now the best if you can is place it at your local comic book shop so those diamond numbers look really good. Um, here is the one hundred percent fact about this uh the single issue sold well Mm -hmm. they sold better than any oni book with a brand new quote unknown team has sold before based on those numbers there will not be a volume two uh don't despair that is how most comics within the creator owned world work the the only way we get a volume two is if this sells like crazy. Sure. For multiple reasons. The Just behind the curtain, um, everyone makes more money off this. Not to sound all mercenary, but everyone does. Uh, the price to make an individual comic is very expensive compared to making this. Uh, I kid you not, for the same price of making one and a half single issues is how much this entire book costs to make. Uh, because comics do that stupid printing size and that middle saddle stitch, it's all expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh, thanks, Bex. Yeah. Um, this is, I hate the term double dipping. That's what it is. But even if you have all five issues, um, you should order this. A, that way you can keep your five issues pr- uh, protective. B, it helps out. But C, I'm not going to show you but this has stuff in it that's not in the single issues. Not story-wise, but it has extras. Sure. And that that is... And it has that bitch and Greg Rucka quote, like, right on the cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. But, I mean, that's not uncommon for trades, is to have extra back matter that... Uh, yeah. ...that you didn't get in the, the original. Um, I would also say that given the date of release... Mm-hmm. Being December fifth, sixth, what? December sixth. Um, whatever that first Wednesday in December is, it's either sixth or seventh. Doesn't matter. I don't have a calendar in front of me, so I yeah. don't know. But what I what I was going to say is that uh, this is we're moving f- through all of the holidays now. We've got mm-hmm. we've got the best one coming up, and then we have Thanksgiving, and then we have Christmas. Um, yes. <laughs> Which so, for me, Christmas is just Halloween too, because I decorate everything spooky. Electric boogaloo. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it kind of is. You use a lot of lights. Anyway, mm-hmm. the the point uh, that I was trying to make is that uh, this makes a perfect time to don't just order one copy of the trade. Order six. You've yeah. got you've got six. You know, give five away. Yeah. As presents to other people. That will hey, be look. perfect. Hey, look who joined us. Oh, hi. Hi, hi Denise. Guys. <laughs> hi, guys. We uh, were just yeah. uh, 
shilling the book that is going to come out soon. Ooh. I got all the comps, my comps yesterday. So my comps, my comps, my comps, my comps. So I want to really quick answer a few things. So Homicide uh, of Firecast says, why don't they just do quarterly stories in trade size? Because Americans won't buy them. Uh, it should be noted that that is what they do in South America. That is what they do in most of Europe. And that's what they do in parts of Asia. Americans won't buy them. That's just it. Because it has been tried. Uh, in fact, it's still kind of being tried. If you read Lazarus, the news version of it called Lazarus Risen, you'll notice that book is tangentially a quarterly book. They still release it as a, as like a, it looks like a floppy. It's just 60 pages long. If they sold it as a trade in the trade selections, people wouldn't buy it because Americans are set in their ways. Uh, the reason why they don't release it digitally is that if you are a comics pump company that started off as or is known as a paper publishing who sells to brick and mortars, the best way to guarantee that every brick and mortar will drop you is to go to only digital because most brick and mortar stores see digital as a threat. Um, the comics injury is very much a snake eating its own tail. <laughs> it just is. Um, so yeah, you can place your order now at your local comic book shop. You could literally just say, Hey, I want to get the season of the Bruja trade. Uh, put me down for one, you know, just pick it up. Don't leave them hanging with the money. Um, but yeah, I'm super proud of this book. Uh, the other cool thing is that the trade, we get to make any kind of color corrections that were too late on the issue. So there's a few things in here that I'm like, oh, now this thing is the right color. Mm. It, just, it, just, it just happens in books. Sure. Um, there was a weird choice halfway through the single issues to know, to stop italicizing everything in Spanish because that's what comics like to do. I found it very jarring and I couldn't convince them to wait until the trade. But the trade, none of the Spanish is in italics. I, I, I don't know the reasoning for it. I, I don't really care. But at least now you have continuity of lettering in here. Mm -hmm. so. Well, that's good. Yeah. But again, if you want a volume two, I do. And I know you guys all do. The trade has to sell well. That is what will let Oni and the parent company decide. And that's not just me. That's almost every comic. Our this single issues actually did very, very well. Geek in the anyway. City. Showing you how the sausage is made since. Yeah. <laughs> since forever. Just anyway. 2005. Um, yeah. So don't trade weight, but also get the trade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, hey, Bean's back. And you guys were in a death race on Saturday. And we survived. You should tell us all about it before our guest comes on. Uh, Cable, do you want to start? Oh, jeez. Um, You're a lot more eloquent about it than I am. Am I? I think so. Am I? All right. Um, listeners will remember that we spoke with uh, Taylor, the creative director of Witch Hunt Theater, about a month ago. And she was talking about uh, Death Race, which was, they touted as uh, being a Competitive, not exactly th theater um, experience, but more of a competitive experience. 
open to teams. Uh, details finally started coming out uh, in the week before Death Race actually happened. They did six nights of Death Race overall. We competed in the, the last night of it. And it was basically set up so that there were four teams per night, which meant up. And that was the smallest team you could have is four people. The largest you could have is six. Uh, we went with six, which was great because it allowed us kind of to cycle through and different uh, challenges. Um, it was dark as fuck, which was nice. Uh, they, they timed this well so that like sunset on Saturday was like meh, shortly after seven. So it was, it was dark when we got out there at eight o'clock and, um, took place in Bryant Wood Park, which is out in Lake Oswego. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you can see some video that I posted about Bryant Wood Park. Um, yeah, it was. We had uh, challenges that started out fairly benign and started getting creepier as they went along, and and stickier. Um, <laughs> and so, then, uh, real quick question: Is sure. it probably good that I wasn't able to do it? You would have been pretty bored because yep. we cover a lot of ground. Sometimes, yeah. like all as a group. Sometimes, like there's like. A, splitting the party and or at least separating the individual groups right so yeah, that was there wouldn't have been any one spot for you to really like see what was going on all the time yeah i just want to add folks it's not that i didn't want to do it and my doctor's like you're not doing this <laughs> yep there was so much running yeah there was there was so a lot of running there was a lot of running um um i will say that is how you know that they did a good job because I always knew it was just a game. No one was going to get me. You know, I wasn't going to actually die. And yet I run until it hurt. It hurt my joints because I'm not supposed to run. It hurt you hate my, running. It hurt, I'm not, so, I, I've always hated running, but at one yeah. point I was good at it. But I'm like, my doctors don't want me to run because it's bad for my bones. And uh, because I'm so, so far out of practice with running, um, the, the cardiovascular part of it is also quite the challenge. And um, I still like, I ran like I actually was going to get caught. Uh, nice. Wow. So they did a good job of like making it immersive, just as they say. Mm -hmm. I, get, I, I was uh, contemplating it uh, yesterday, I, I think, when I'm like, huh. it's funny that we were all, it was the biggest game of let's pretend that. I have ever done, and certainly as an adult, <laughs> since it's like I'm I am running away from a twenty something year old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they Who, are scary. <laughs> are they? Well, Campbell spends a lot more time with twenty somethings than we. That's do, true. So. Never mind. I take that back. Yes. Yep. Um. So yeah, the, our team did well. Um, no teams won because all teams won. It, it was very like they were distributing points throughout the the evening, but very early. Like I think within that first round of giving out points, it's like, oh, this is whose line is it anyway? Rules the points don't matter <laughs> at all. Um, but we, we did get some nice shout outs. Uh, 
the I, I want to say that um, our, our team consisted of uh, John Ho, um, who some listeners may know, mm-hmm. and then three of my coworkers here from Guardian Games. That would be Mindy, Sam, and Siobhan. And they all did splendid. Um, every time there had to be, like, uh, we were asked to read the next challenge aloud, it ended up being someone from our team. <laughs> At least four times it was someone yeah. from our team. Was that per- Is that good? 80% of the time. It just meant that, yeah. It just shows that, like, we were really into it, uh, you know, like, ready to participate. Oh, you know, so so much like how we were at the Ghosts of July, everyone else was shy, and we're like, "No, we are theater nerds. Give <laughs> us the stuff to do." Yes, um, both Mindy and Sam uh, are actors. Uh, Siobhan enjoys uh, all things spooky, so like there was lots of crossover. And John, of course, is our ringer because John is an everyman that can do goddamn anything, <laughs> and he's I think he's pretty indestructible. Yeah, he is. Oh, and yeah, he, he definitely. Uh, he was. He definitely. He was definitely volunteering uh, for the um, the eating challenge. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh God, John will eat anything, and it won't affect him. <laughs> he's also a natural climber, and yep. he's cool enough that if you if you're close enough friends with him, he'll yet you throw him. Yep. Just just pick him up and huck him. Fastball special. He's cool with it. Also, doctor. Also a doctor. That's right. Yes. Which I explained to everyone, like, look, John is a doctor. If something happens to us, they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I like when we were putting together the team, very specific choices were made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it uh, wasn't just, oh, I think you'll, this will be fun. It's like, no, like, yeah. Denise is a vet. <laughs> and, we might have been overprepared, a, we were. We were very overprepared. Uh, we Hold still on, let me fun. show it. My, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to hear that a group connected to us <laughs> was overprepared for a horror event. Right? A game. A horror game. I'm shocked yeah, like... that there's gambling, establish- there's gambling in this establishment. <laughs> You're winning, sir. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, but overall, it was a lot of fun. Um, like, folks on our team were also scared. Like, they were genuinely freaked out about things. And then just overcame it. They're like, oh, nope, this is freaking me out, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm Didn't like, slow them down one bit. No. Sped them up a little bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm trying, yeah, I'm not giving away the ending because that's no fun. And I kind of want to see about maybe seeing if we can get Taylor back on to do a post-mortem even though that may not be until like the end of october right considering like we have interview after interview after interview starting next week did they maybe afterwards kind of hint at something they have brewing next they seem to do stuff like quarterly they do uh i think she gave an indication that they were they had something planned uh for (laughs) december but oh maybe something krampus related maybe oh yes Uh, oh yes but no, they they were very much when we were done, you were done. Like it was like you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because <laughs> they got to clean up still. Yeah. Sure, and yeah. they absolutely were not going to break character 
uh, or like rejoin us in the real world in any way until everyone was gone. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool, actually. I can respect that commitment to the game. Yep. Uh, I, I appreciate that even even that element of it was worked into the game. Like they gave players a reason to GTFO and mm-hmm. not, you know, like when you, after you do an escape room, you all come out of the room and they talk to you about how you liked it and they take your picture, you know, for group photo, none of that. And right. I, I, I really appreciate that. I real commitment. That's cool. Um, I have my own personal moment of like that. This was the cool thing I did. What was yours, Denise? What was your personal? This I did this thing and it was cool. She's like, we're not good at that. (laughs) Like which elements of Mm -hmm. it? Oh man. I don't know that any one thing stood. Oh no, I do know. Uh, The actors. So like, you know, essentially each team ends up getting assigned to a specific actor for part of the, the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the actor that we got um, was just really good. Um, he, he almost scared me the first time that we encountered him. And there was something genuinely, genuinely disturbing about his performance. So again, like we know it's a game. We're remembering what the rules are in order to interact with this spirit. And, and we all did it. The wild but, man. Yes. Was he um, someone we recognized from that event on? He was July? Ty. Yeah. He was okay, sitting I'm across just, from us just, at the table. He was the sacrificed one. Yes. <laughs> I didn't recognize him as that guy. It looks different to me, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, he well, he was, was wearing a shirt the first time we saw him. It was more than that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Our team was thirsty for that guy. A little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, his performance was, like, legitimately unsettling Mm -hmm. uh, in that, like, main interaction that we had with him. It was just a really good performance. I I would love to do that, that particular event, that particular show, multiple times in the hopes of getting different actors and seeing how mm. how they embody their characters and how it fits into the story. Yeah. That's cool. Neat. What about you, Cable? Um the 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 thing that I enjoyed um the, the thing that I did it, as part of Death Race that that I was like, oh, well done, sir. Um <laughs> was for the most part that like we were told we aren't competing with the other teams like in no way shape or form were we supposed to mess with the other teams we all had challenges but we were all we were all on different teams but we were all working together for the same thing it's like okay that's that's good to know and it gives more spirit of camaraderie so anytime the entire group was running scared from something um like i like i told the group up front it's like if there's a running challenge i'll do all the running i'll I'll do all the running we all ended up running but i would i would run at the back of the pack all the time to make sure that everyone just kind of made it back uh like john was also both of us can run faster than that we were just always at the back of the pack go ahead well hey before we have gwen on this feels like the perfect time to take a break for our sponsors. First up, of course, 
Guardian Games. You can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They just got in a whole new selection of games that look fantastic. In fact, as soon as you walk in, you will always see the uh, the new releases that have been sought off, <laughs> that have sent off to the shop. So look, it doesn't matter what kind of game you're into, Guardian Games is going to have it. They have the games for you and they support their community. Uh, just like how they have become an official sponsor of the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, which is uh, really cool. That's going to be really great. Um, I think I've talked about this before. Uh, whenever Guardian sponsors an event and they have a table set up, they're not so much going to be selling games. They're just going to be playtesting some games for you. And really, that's you know more fun. I mean, when you're at certain events like this, the first thing you're not thinking of is like, ooh, I can't wait to buy like a game that I could get at Guardian Games. No, you want to get Lovecraft swag. But they are there to show you how to play maybe some Lovecraft-themed games. So that's all very cool. Can't wait to see Guardian Games at the Lovecraft Film Festival. If you can't make it then, remember you can always find them online at ggportland.com or at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And hey, while you're enjoying those games, why don't you toss back a crisp and cool Revnat's Hard Cider. Um, yeah, Revnat is, well, we've been friends with him for a long time. But he's really been getting our backs here during the pandemic when different recording issues or whatever have happened. Uh, Revnat has always supported the local Portland community and the creative community and the marginalized folks. Uh, Revnat really does put his money where his mouth is. And sometimes his mouth will get him in trouble. But in the good way, like good trouble, the kind we like. So, um, you know, show him you've got his back too by picking up some fantastic cider. We are getting into the time of year where you can be like mulling some of that cider and having some good stuff. So he's got you covered. Check him out. You can also have it in the Portland area, in the Portland metro area. He still does delivery at shop.revnats.com. If you live out of state, check the site. Maybe he can ship to your state as long as you don't have weird draconic alcohol rules like California and freedom-loving Texas. Um, anyway, <laughs> Revnats, a proud sponsor of Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to get it back to right now. Well, hey. this is a good time because our guest has just arrived. Hi, everyone. How's Hi, Gwen. Sorry we sprung the video on you. I thought oh, we were better okay. at letting people know. I just, like, I actually got dressed and showered today, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, nice. Your hair looks great. Yeah. Thank you. I just actually got it cut. <laughs> it kind of matches one of the dresses I believe you wore at the Horror Festival a few months ago. Is that, uh, didn't you have, like, a cool... It was, I had a green and black one with like a Ouija board print on it. That might have been it. I don't know. I'm, a lot has happened since then. So Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that was July. <laughs> I know. And that was like t- a week ago. It's, it's Tuesday, yeah. Lemon. You know. yeah, it's Tuesday, <laughs> Lemon. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Cable, go ahead. I was just going to say, we, we brought Gwen back on the show because the H.P. Lovecraft Film Fest is, oh, good Lord, is it next week? <laughs> it, is, it is next week. Well, we, oh, what happened to Cable? <laughs> oh. Oh, there he is. Sorry, I'm the one who has to step out for just a minute. I'm sorry, Cable. Start off again. <laughs> Fucking A. All right, I suck. Right. You're fine. You're fine. Um, but yeah, the HP Lovecraft Film Fest is next weekend, uh, the 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Hollywood Theater. Yeah. Um, you just closed the uh, the Kickstarter, was ended last night at 9 p.m. Is that correct? 
That was great. All right. How'd that go? Um, it went really well, considering this is the latest we've ever launched our campaign. <laughs> and the, I think the latest we've ever ended it. Um, and we, you know, we set our goal a little higher than last year's because just because everything is costing more and running the three, we're back on all three screens of the Hollywood theater. We're very excited about that. That's Woo! fantastic. <laughs> and we have like a, an upper lobby full of vendors, not as many as in past, um, but it's going to be a little more, a little more than last year. We have um, like, oh my gosh, all of the names of the vendors just went out of my head. And then <laughs> 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 I feel like such an idiot. Uh, we have artists, we have some, Publishers, we've got Xylographelia, which is um, woodcut prints and art based on those woodcut, woodcut prints. Um, Lee Rainey Smith is the artist, and she's one of our sponsors this year as well. Oh, but she has fantastic. some fantastic, um, some just fantastic stuff. She does like medieval style woodcut art and puts them on bookmarks and like wood print um, plywood cards and um, like wood veneer things so that they can. Mm-hmm mailed through the mail and you have some of the art for less than the original prints go for which the original prints are stunning she does a really nice job with like hand coloring some of them and i think denise is actually pulling out a sample right now (laughs) i i had really hoped i still had them here at my desk but i'm not finding them even like you'd think like oh a bookmark mbd no, they're they're on. They're, they're still in wood. They're like the texture is fantastic. They are top quality bookmarks. Yeah, I bought a, a couple of her pieces uh, at last year's fest. I bought these as gifts, but then I misplaced them from last year's uh, film festival, and uh, and then later I found them. And I was like, oh well, I guess they just live at my house now. <laughs> but, uh, here's two designs that uh, I picked up last year. Hey, yeah, so, you did buy those as gifts. Yep. So you can just buy more gifts this year. I absolutely will be doing that. And then we've also got more artists. Um, Dave Korea Art, Nick Gucker, um, Catalyst Studios. It's a fantastic um, sculpture. does like um, replica animal skulls and Mm -hmm. very cool creations with those. I did some Christmas shopping with them last year, too. Yeah. It's a, it is great. Um, like not only you can get your shopping in, but they there's like lots of cool stuff to buy for gifts. Um, and so we've got three screens full of films. We have um, the world premiere of Freeze, which is uh, being released under the name Freeze. I think maybe it had been in the horror news sites as uh, Icebound. But they changed it to freeze for I, for some yeah. reason. I was looking um, at that one on IMDb. I'm I'm fascinated with uh, seeing that one. That's going to be great. <laughs> that one is really fun, and that's um, Charlie Steeds is a UK filmmaker who's actually going to be in Nashville next week, and so he's going to come in on Saturday and Sunday for the premiere and hang out and watch as much stuff as he can. But he'll be there for a Q and A after his world world premiere. Uh, so that would be really fun. That would be um, great. If anyone's seen Winterskin, that was also Charlie. I don't doing think so. Like, doing some interesting, like, low-budget indie film stuff, like, with good production value and, like, interesting storylines. So I'm in- interested to see what everyone thinks about that. But we've also got a, an, a, Span- a Spanish... Spanish <laughs> from Spain. <laughs> the U.S. premiere of a film called Stoyan, which has got... Um, 
it's very hard to describe these films because they are very much cosmic horror. Stoyan has some folk horror elements in it and some elements of like Buddhist religion Ooh. and mythology as well. Hmm. And it ties into this some slightly non-linear storytelling. It's mostly I, linear, but there's... I feel, like, I feel like a lot of Lovecraft movies are either real simple to explain or not. It's either like, uh, you know, tentacles and, you know, monsters that our brain can't fathom or fucking weird. <laughs> like that's like, you know... <laughs> there's no middle ground. This one yeah. is fucking weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think fans of A24 films, fans of Ari Aster, fans mm. of um, films that you have to think a little bit about what you're watching and and kind of look for all the details um, because it's it's that side, but then there's also like a detective story rolled into it. So it's, it's very interesting. I hope people come out and watch that. Nice. Um, unfortunately, the director can't be with us for that one, but it sounded like um, they are in the they are in the middle of selling it. So it's possible that it could be appearing um, as a wider release, maybe at the end of the year. Hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. So excited about that. And then, um, Something that wasn't really on our radar until recently is that um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead have released a new film called Something in the Dirt. And it premiered on Sundance streaming, but it's doing a short theatrical run right now in festivals. And then it'll be um, released like in November on streaming. But we have got the Pacific Northwest premiere of Something in the Dirt, which stars Benson and Moorhead. It was written and directed by... um, by them, and it was kind of one of their one of their projects that they made during the pandemic with a bunch of friends. Huh. Um, so everyone had their pandemic movie, <laughs> and I feel like this year we're getting kind of the tail end of the things that were actually shot during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Last year we had a that bunch of sense. finished during the pandemic. Like a lot of them were in the can, but then they got it they got edited and the sound mix done during the pandemic. And then this year we're actually getting the films that were like you shot during the pandemic. And so the storylines and um, a lot of the elements in them kind of parallel all of that angst and uh, being cooped up that we were feeling. Oh, I don't know that I am ready to sit through that. That's going to be, huh? That's going to be an extra level of discomfort that I'm, huh? All right then. So, I mean, I that should be fun. Movie, I guess. I, I guess what I mean is that they had a very small cast and very small crew. Sure. So it's it's not that they're they're trapped inside. Um, they managed to do this with such a small um, production team, but it doesn't feel to me. It never felt claustrophobic. If that's what you're concerned about. Oh no, I. But I, I I'm thinking of that. Of that's that just adds another layer because that's how so many of us end up processing horrible things that happen in the world, like a global pandemic (laughs) is through um, what we ingest in media through movies. And especially like horror and science fiction are my favorite ways to process some of those things is because it's, they're so, they take something that's already uncomfortable and make you even more uncomfortable. So that lets you really get into your feelings and go, oh, okay, this is how I feel about it. Oh, all right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to go have a good cry now and then maybe scream. 
And that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> it reminds me of the zombie movie we saw at the Portland Horror Film Festival. I think it was filmed in Wuhan mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. during the lockdown. It was the same thing. There the were son moments. And his parents. Yeah, there were moments that were very uncomfortable, but it also had some strange, had some like moments of levity. Yeah, that it's almost like the it's almost like the filmmaker told the whole world like tighten up and then go, ha, 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 okay, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it was cool. So, yeah, could see this working for sure. Yeah, there. I mean. I think it's somewhere they describe it as a comedy and I like, I, I agree with that about 30%. <laughs> so right. there's some definitely, there's definitely some deep thought happening and there's definitely some very comedic moments happening as well. So it's a little bit of everything. But it's, it's a really <laughs> cool visual. Well, I think collectively we have come to uh, very much respect uh, both yours and Brian's uh, curatorial view on these movies and how you put the fests together, both this fest and like the Portland horror film fest that, that you invited us to over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think that that Saturday of Portland horror film fest was still one of my favorite film days, just all the different movies that we watched and then, getting to meet the people that, that made them was fantastic. Um, so what, glad to hear that. Yeah. You, you've, uh, we're, it makes the, like, and I'm not like, I also loved what Andrew was doing because I've been going since Andrew had started it, but like, I really enjoy what you're doing curatorially with the, with the films. And in, in, Andrew's defense, he had the pool of films that he had to work with was a far different pool. <laughs> yes. It yeah. was a different pool. <laughs> uh, te- technology and internet has widened our pool and deepened our pool. Exactly. Yeah. So, and a lot more people seem to be interested in making filmmaking, they're making films other than the usual suspects that do it. Yeah. So. I think things like um, social media, like TikTok and Instagram and people having reels and YouTube channels and things has completely demystified the process of recording, editing, making Mm -hmm. something for people to see. And that, that in itself has made it much more accessible to um, different kinds of storytellers finding film as another medium in which to tell their story just really exciting for us. Excellent. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. Um, which only makes it a little more intimidating on the other side. Cause I still want to like shoot another Lovecraft short, but now I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough anymore to do it. <laughs> I, I, the, the competitive pool I'm sure has also gotten younger for that same reason. <laughs> like more, more people having access to more technology um, but also younger people having access to technology that used to be harder to get a hold of. Yeah, you can, I mean, there's absolutely movies we've shown that were filmed on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's harder. I think it's hard to do that, but it's not impossible. And if you have a burning desire to make something and share it with people, there's a way to do it. And it's it's really fascinating how 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 all the different tools get used. Um, we have quite a few animated short films this year. I'm actually really excited. Like the short films this year are just fantastic. We have 
I think I haven't counted specifically, but it feels like the most adaptations of Lovecraft and um, his fellow cosmic horror and gothic horror cohorts. Like um, I've got an, a short adaptation of Robert Chambers' Repairer of Reputations. Ooh. So it's not the it's from the King in Yellow series. So it's not the entire story, but it's kind of a snippet of it. But I've never seen that before on film, and it's really cool. <laughs> and then we've got um, an adaptation, a German adaptation of The Hound, which is also made by a film student who's a woman, which is exciting for me. You know, there's a lot more films by women this year, too. Um, I noticed that when I was looking through the, the roster. I'm like, ooh, good. Yeah, we've got a, a short feature film called um, Whistle and I'll Come to You, which is based on the M.R. James story, which is called Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad, um, hmm. about an, an anthropologist or archaeologist that goes on a seaside vacation and finds a strange artifact. And then things get real weird and scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got, uh, what are the other, the, the tone of Amazon's viola? Which is fun because this was actually an entry to one of our mm. gun um, competitions a couple years ago, I think 2020. And so that filmmaker took what he shot um, and kind of turned it into a more fully fledged short film. And it looked to me like he reshot a lot of it. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff in, in it. And I was surprised to see the lead actor in that one, um, Christopher Callen which you would think is a man, but it's actually a woman. And um, I can't off the top of my head name anything they've been in, but when you see them, you'll recognize them. You'll mm. be like, oh, I've seen that person in many, many things. <laughs> All right, then. Um, one of the characters I, of the century. Nice. I'm seeing one movie, so far anyway, that I recognize from the... Uh, Portland Horror Film Festival. Um, I'm curious how many how many repeats do you have, and how do you um, how do you choose which ones to bring back? Yeah, I think there's two. I think Doppelbanger and While Mortals Sleep are the two that are repeats. Um, and I that that second one, I remember the three of us talked after seeing it, and we're like, that one was weird. That also feels like it belongs at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Fest. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> we saw it at Portland Horror. We definitely were like, this is definitely candidate a candidate for H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. But it was so weird and so well done mm-hmm. that we wanted to show it at Portland Horror as well. <laughs> we started slipping some cosmic horror to get people indoctrinated. <laughs> nice. You know, I, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> It's probably working. <laughs> Hopefully it's working. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, and then we have, um, okay, so a lot of the other adaptations that we have. Um, I'm just going down the line. So the hound, I said the hound. Oh, we've got an Italian adaptation of At the Mountains of Madness, which can get really cheesy because people try to do too much with it. And this particular filmmaker understood the limitations of his budget and sets and all that stuff and just made it a very character driven story which works really well hmm. um so that that's exciting and then there's a short documentary about hp lovecraft and the moon bog from a wonderful Ooh. team from ireland or the the yeah ireland um we have 
an adaptation of The Pit and the Pendulum, which is in the title, it's a musicabre. So it's a <laughs> And the, the lead actor, actor, Danny Ashkenazi, is going to be with us during the weekend. He wrote all the music, um, lifted some of the lines from The Pit and the Pendulum, um, but he expands so much on it. I mean, the post story is so short. It's just kind of a snippet. And he really expands on it and um, I think gives it a whole deeper meaning. Hmm. Uh, I will be honest, some of our judges really didn't care for it. But when, when we watched it, um, we were just kind of like, how did they not think that this was the best movie ever? <laughs> wow, that is I mean, quite the endorsement. Musical, musicals are always going to be divisive. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, real quick. You mentioned Christopher Collin. You've seen her in a lot of stuff and you'll recognize her. The thing where most people will recognize her is she is the waitress in the circus circus at Fear and Loathing. The one she's like, is you better watch what your friend says. Okay. She's one of those performers that is like on the edge of Hollywood as a friend with like writers and directors and producers. So she's the one they call saying, Hey, you've got your SAG card. You want to do this one line for me because everyone else sucks. And I know I can count on you. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Be there in 20 minutes. Yep. She's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we have another Chambers, sort of um, based on the Chambers book, King in Yellow, called The Pallid Mask. And um, another one called Premonition, which is an animated one by a woman called, um, it's called Premonition. But it's sort of, it's not a direct adaptation of Dagon, but it really evokes kind of that feeling mm. at the end when the, with the obelisk. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. <laughs> I'm always happy to see more animation, A, because it's just so much harder, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could really kind of stretch the limits of your imagination with animation. Because, you know, other than time, there's no limits with it. So, right. you know. Right. If you can draw it or get someone else to draw it, then right on the right. screen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the 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 big one the uh, the guest of honor and... oh yeah I keep forgetting. <laughs> so because we shouted not, not that, yeah not that we buried the lead on this <laughs> and then we like kind of drove into the Kickstarter but um and you always there's always a fine line like how much do we exploit our guest of honor's name and for the sake of selling tickets well I guess I guess we should exploit it for all it's worth but um, <laughs> Herbert West himself Jeffrey Combs. Is returning as our guest of honor this year. Um, he was at one of the very first Lovecraft Film Festivals, possibly the first one. Um, oh, wow. showed Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. Um, Brian Usna and Stuart Gordon sent Jeffrey up to represent the film back in 1996 or 1997, maybe. And then we brought him back um, in 2015 for the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And now we have him back for the 27th anniversary, but nice. he's going to be around all weekend. And we, in honor of him, him being back and in honor of us being back on all three screens and as a celebration of like, look, we know not everyone is ready to be back at large in-person events, but for sure. those who, of you who are going to brave it, um, we are requiring masks in the theater because we're asking people to, be in a movie theater all day long basically when you go to the theater just to see a movie you're there for a couple hours and then you go home but um 
some people are going to be in the in the theater for 10 hours a day and so we just felt like it was safer and more comfortable i think for everyone just to ask people to wear masks while they're um walking around and of course when you're in your seat and you're eating and drinking take your mask off um we also because Oregon is one of the lucky places where we got the bivalent vaccine booster really quickly. Mm. I highly recommend that you guys, everyone who can go out and get it. I got mine. Um, you know, there's still not a ton of data to, sh- to, to know exactly how effective it is, but if it's anything like the previous booster, mm-hmm. like every layer helps. And I, it just makes me feel more, comfortable being out out in public again getting mine tomorrow <laughs> yep yeah i i am just very recently uh covid negative oh i, yeah. I had yep. a while um i ended up with uh yeah i was i was uh had symptoms for four days and then i but i still tested positive for uh up to two weeks yeah so <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to have to wait a little longer to go get it, which, um, like, mm, darn it. But, yes, <laughs> go get your go get those vaccines. Go get boosted. <laughs> but, anyways, in the celebration of just of being back in the theater mm-hmm. and kind of, like, m- m- being ready to move on and in the new normal and, like, taking all the precautions and everything, <laughs> we are doing a double feature of Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator on 35mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! And Jeffrey will be there for the Q and A afterwards. Um, and then we are also showing because I've never seen it on a big screen. We all sh- we are also showing the extended integral cut, which takes the R-rated version and the unrated version and splices them together so that you get all the backstory that they cut out of the unrated version and put into the R-rated version. And all the gore that's in the unrated version that they put <laughs> R-rated version. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the, the best okay. And this will be Bean's first reanimator viewing, I believe. That is correct. Mm-hmm. We, we have told her you're going to have a blast, but have also warned her. <laughs> there are times <laughs> reanimator gets intense. Anyone who's seen reanimator knows exactly what I'm saying without me having to say it. Oh man! Yep. That laugh right there is like, <laughs> yeah. and um, lots of guts, and um, I mean, coeds. Anytime you have like college age people, women, one of them's going to get naked, and it's usually the woman. So it's very, it's very eighties in that in that kind of way. Yeah. Okay. I, I I say this as a um, as a person who has lived with cats his entire adult life and i love cats and one of the fastest ways to get me to turn off a movie is um killing a dog or a cat uh the dead cat scene in this movie is one of my favorites (laughs) wow it is uh yeah like it is, it's done in such a way that I'm like, yeah, I'm not mad at this. This is this is fine. Yeah. This is this is completely fine. If you and if you get a chance to listen to the commentary, uh, the actress Barbara Cranton, she's doing it with Jeffrey Coombs. And the first time we really see her on stage, she's enjoying herself with her college boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And first she says, like, I looked really good. And she's like, also, 
I took my parents to this premiere, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so Barbara was a guest at Portland Horror a few years ago um, because the timing worked out. I've been I've been trying to get her to come be a guest at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival for probably. Well, we've been running it for 11 years now, so probably nine years now I've been trying to <laughs> guess. Um, but she, October is just the time when sit just happens and filming happens and like all these different things happen. So it just hasn't worked out. But if everybody out there in Geek in the City Radio Land says a little prayer every night or a little mantra every night before they go to bed, let Barbara Crampton's schedule work out so that she can be a guest at the 2023 HP Lovecraft Film Festival. If everyone does that, maybe it'll happen. We'll give it a shot. We'll light the all candles right. and all that good we'll stuff. We'll do it. We'll okay. um, that she's like, I feel like she's like one of the 80 scream queens that doesn't get enough credit. She does not. This is and true. She's been in some of the best. Mm-hmm. She was just in one last year. Uh, it was like um, Jacob's. Jacob's wife. Oh my God! Where she she produced that. that. Like she found that script and loved it so much. Um, bought the bought the rights to to make it, and then found, you know, she helped produce it and started it, and got mm-hmm. Larry to be in it. And um, I loved it. I, I had a blast with that movie. I think it's fantastic that she has yeah. moved. Um, she's, she's still acting, but then she's moved into producing as well, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's awesome to yeah, watch for sure. Yeah. Um, Which is yeah. nice to hear because I think f- for especially for the '80s scream queens, that's not always the case. It's usually everyone's like, "Oh, you, your your big moments were back then." It's like th- these are still people that are talented and skilled and have something. And if they're still showing an interest in the industry and in the genre that got them the the fan base that they have, that's even better. It's like that's that's great. It's like oh. I, I know who got me here. I'm going to keep keep uh, finding new talent and, and giving them money and getting getting them out there. Mm-hmm. So that's great. We need, her, we need yeah. her to team up with like Elijah Wood or Daniel Radcliffe and they just produce the just most whacked out horror trilogy of all time. Just go for it. <laughs> or get her and like... Um... Kelly Maroney and um, oh uh, yeah, so they I just saw that they um, they're doing a slime ball bolorama too. What? Yeah, <laughs> which one? Slime ball bolorama. Babes of the slime ball They're doing a sequel. Like how many years later? With like most of the original, I think all of or all or most of the original cast. So I know not very Lovecraftian, but. Um, I'm a Kelly Maroney fan, so well, yeah. I keep tabs on what she's doing. So that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. I think it's really cool to see this. Um, I think part of it is that um, people who were in those movies back in the '80s are seeing all of the love that like those campy cult classics are getting and realizing that like, oh, I still have an audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still have like people still are interested in, in me and what I'm doing. So, and I think that's part of the part, partly because of the internet. Yeah. And I think a lot of it back then too, I think they were kind of told that like, look, you're indisposable schlock, just make your money, do whatever. And, you know, forget about it. And it's kind of nice to know. Yeah. That because of the internet, there's this whole new crop of people that are like, 
like, yeah, she, you know, did this stuff in the movie, but like, they'll really analyze like, no, she's really putting in a performance here. Cause think about the backstory. Like people are really doing deep dives on these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can tell that like, even when a movie is bad, when the actors are good in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that the current Halloween films are all because someone did a deep dive in the psychology of Laurie Strode and was like, oh, we need to tell the story of her 40 years later. Like, she's a survivor. What's that like living with that? And, you know, it's... And, yeah, I think it's because these people that have this, like, deep respect for these actors, these performers in these movies that, you know, our parents were like, that schlock, turn that off. It'll rot your brain, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also true that all the... All the people that are our age or a little older that watched this stuff back when we were kids, um, a lot of you hear a lot of directors now being like, "Oh, that movie made me want to make movies." Mm-hmm. So all those people are now growing up and making movies, and so they're like, "Yeah, let's bring in, you know, let's bring in Barbara Crampton or Kelly Maroney or Heather Langenkamp or um, oh. to do a, a cameo <laughs> to be the star in this." Mm-hmm. Heather Lagenkamp, my first movie crush before I even understood what crushes were. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, when she died in part three, I was devastated. Uh-oh. Mainly because you don't do that to the hero. What the hell, nightmare? You know, so. <laughs> I know, West Craven Game of Thrones Game of Throned her before Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? That whole movie's got some what the fuck. I think it's Frank Darabont's first movie and his idea of fun is like, let me use a kid's tendons as a as puppet strings and then cut them off. This will be hilarious, which I unashamedly love the dream warriors. It's one of my favorite nightmare movies ever. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's so good. And not just because of the Dawkins song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brian keeps texting me like, talk about this, talk about this. I I would be remiss if I failed to mention that um, on I believe Saturday. So that we're still nailing down the schedule. It's mostly done, but before we publish it, because people are always like very upset with us if we change things around like hours after we publish the schedule. So we try very hard to publish the schedule and not make any changes to it, which is why it's taking so long because there are a couple of things we had to kind of nail down before we could finish everything else. Um, having programming for one screen was so easy last year and um Mm-hmm. You know pr- pros and cons, but the three three screen track is much more complicated. And um, for people out there like on the fence about buying a ticket right now, I will just tell you that you get to move freely between the screens because it's a kind of a buffet all you can eat ticket. You don't have to buy a ticket for a specific screening. You buy a ticket for the day, and then you go in the theater that looks interesting to you. And if you don't like what you're seeing, go into the other theater and see a panel or go into the other theater and see, um, you know, a classic film or wait a little while and like shop with the vendors or talk with the filmmakers that are in the lobby. Um, and then also be sure to catch Tim Uren's one man performance of rats in the walls. Um, Tim Uren is a, a performer. He lives in Minnesota. People may recognize him from Chuck and Dexter. Oh, okay. The lurkers might recognize him from Chuck and Dexter. <laughs> okay. It's the great Cthulhu Chuck and Dexter. Hmm. Um, anyways, he is um, a, a trained stage performer, so he's going to be doing his one-man show of uh, The Rats in the Walls. I'll, I'll say 
that. One of my favorite things when it's the, the, when the festival was all it was all three screens is yeah you can kind of come and go, and my favorite thing is to make sure that I don't miss any of the shorts. I always love the features, but I'm a big shorts junkie when it comes to Lovecraft and horror. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like take the program and you plan it out. <laughs> and if it's and if it's mm-hmm. a feature, and then there's a feature that you've seen a lot of times, you're like, I don't need to see this again, even the big screen. Like that's when you go shopping with the vendors. Because mm-hmm. right? a lot of them are screening, but they always leave one person behind. Yeah. And that's when you get to shop and do the deep diving on the stuff, yeah. which is what which is why like 10, 15 years ago I bought this from Cabo oh, Studios. Yeah. <laughs> to date, oh. my favorite like Lovecraft prop ever. Is that a cane? What is that it's one? It's a cane, yeah. I have used this in so many movies and in so many costumes. I love this thing so much. It's just, and you, yeah, you just kind of walk at it like this. Like, nah, I'm an evil priest. I love it. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so have, like six blocks of short films, um, plus the secret screening and the shorts of madness. So the shorts of madness are all um, on. Some some years we don't say we don't say what's in the secret screening, but this year we're telling you what's in the shorts of madness, and then the secret screening is of course secret, and you can't talk about it. If you've seen it, don't talk about it. Um, but that's kind of the the ending, the fun ending to this weekend. We've been serving you up all this cosmic dread and like very deep subjects and lots of horror and funny bits in between. But then the shorts of madness are kind of like the most bonkers, most fun, gory, like mm-hmm. that things that we could serve you up. And then we cap it off with, um, yeah, everyone's favorite. What does it all mean? What it <laughs> mean? Uh, we've got yeah. a question. We've got a question from a listener in Michigan. I think we've touched this before, but can you explain like the virtual festival people who just don't live in Portland or just can't get here, but they still want to watch everything. Yeah. Um, so this year we're doing it slightly differently. We weren't able to, we're not able to stream everything this year because a lot of things are returning back to theaters. A few of the things that we have um, haven't really had a festival run or um, are in distribution. And the distributors are like, no, you can't stream that. So, Mm. so a lot of the features are not being streamed. Um, Two of the short features are being streamed. So Agatha, which is um, another animated, really cool. It took the guy 10 years to make this film. He's also in attendance and it's um, like the Pacific Northwest premiere of it. Um, And um, Whistle and I'll Come to You will be streamed. So people will be able to see that. And I think we're just, all the shorts that we can stream will be up there. Again, like there's some things that we had to wait for people to get back to us about before we could finalize, finalize the schedule. But there's plenty of content to watch. Um, We use the Eventive streaming platform and it works like you create an account, you buy a pass and that pass works as a credit for you to buy individual screenings in the pass most of the time, like if you buy a Saturday pass, it only allows you to unlock all the things that are on Saturday. Um, but we'll have Friday, Saturday. Things will be released on a rolling schedule starting on Friday night at 7. And the last thing will be released at Sunday night at 9. And then everything will be available to watch through Tuesday. So we're giving you actually like Monday and Tuesday to finish up watching stuff. Um, just to give you a little more time i guess to soak up all the the good cosmic horror um we are also pre-recording a few of the panels and readings and we'll put those up um for you to to watch as well in the past we've had um 
it felt more like a fully fledged festival in 2020 because well because it was because nobody was going anywhere and we had nothing else to do except for work on the festival um so instead of trying to run two fest two events basically simultaneously um we are kind of focusing on bringing the in-person festival back back up to full strength and then letting the the virtual festival kind of be a a virtual festival unto its unto itself so um, if you go to our ticket page, which is hplff.com slash tickets, I believe, mm-hmm. that's right? Okay. Um, we will have all that information posted very shortly. It, nice. it, I'm actually there right now. It looks like it's, it's live and you can purchase tickets through Hollywood. So, yeah, so the, um, people who want to come to the in-person festival can mm-hmm. buy tickets through the Hollywood Theater right now. You can buy a full pass or individual day passes. Um, and then the event of streaming passes will be available shortly. And I have to say, um, the the festival pass is $70, which is so, you get so much for $70. It is an incredible value. <laughs> you get an entire weekend of a horror film festival with creators, panels, and shopping for the same price as like Sunday at a local comic book shop show. Y- yep. <laughs> I know which one I think is the better deal. <laughs> yep. And that's all I'll say it. because <laughs> I just realized everyone kind of tables there and I should shut up. <laughs> fine we put it all on me everybody we have covered that comic book show should be free um and held in libraries and And government funded Mm. Mm -hmm. but uh this is like before before geek in the city and be before knowing you gwen uh like when I went to the festival, like it's always been kind of this, like really the ticket is only how much and I can be there all three days and I can watch how much. That's not right. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I know a lot of that comes from the fact that the, the Kickstarter, which, which you did and you are very transparent about, which is, which is great. Like you broke that down in the, in the Kickstarter um, newsletter after it's like, Here's what goes to Kickstarter. Here's what goes to um, putting this together. Here's what goes to putting this together. Here's the rental for the theater. It's like, that's fantastic. And knowing that the backers on that are the folks that they're the ones that love it so much. They're like, oh, no, here, here, have this money so that everyone else can, as many other people can come to this as possible. Like, this is, there just seems to be such an inclusive spirit about the festival that is embedded in the DNA of it. And and I'm glad that that just continues. It really is. It's for the community and it's built by the community Mm -hmm. and we couldn't do it without the community, our volunteers, like all the, all the authors and guests and filmmakers and, um, media podcasters like you guys that help us kind of boost the signal and um, 
keep the keep the interest going in it but um just our yeah our backers um so thankful for them we try we always try to give them like cool stuff in return for their support so hopefully all the people who have backed year after year after year i see our shirts all the time at the festivals like ages old shirts that are like falling apart i'm like i can't believe you still have that <laughs> so it's did you want to uh, show off the one that's right behind you that oh, yeah. Brian designed? This is a test print. Um, so it didn't come out exactly how we wanted it. I think it looks, it still looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But that's the Art Deco Dreamlands design. And, uh, I think, perfect. I think Brian outdid himself on the design of this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's very cool. When we were coming up with the concept and, um, you know, talking about what we wanted the the design to look like and the vibe we wanted to kind of put into the rewards and the the VIP party and stuff, um, uh, you know, we did like a 20s sort of jazz age, like 1930s kind of thing last year. And... um, well, I guess it was still kind of 1920s, 1930s. It was sort of like a metropolis riff on a, mm-hmm. on a metropolis. But <clears throat> this year was kind of like inspired by the Great Gatsby and the Dreamlands and um, that kind of aesthetic. So I don't know. Next year it'll be something totally different. <laughs> Sci-fi future. <laughs> Folks should actually check out all the shirts that they sell on their yeah. site um i have i have many of them they're not all lovecraft related um no and i just they're all very cool they're like don't see me my shelves are a mess <laughs> <laughs> doing shows all summer and like we come home and i i put stuff away and it some of it's more neat than others but uh, <laughs> i think the very first time i ever met gwen i nerded out because like i was an early rue morgue reader mm. so when i saw psychographics i'm like you're one of the only ads in this magazine I love that stuff. You know, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, because Rumor is based in Canada, but you you used to be able to get it like very readily at like Barnes and Noble and the major bookstores. I uh, I worked at a Suncoast, and Suncoast always carried Rumor. So that's yeah, that's how I got it. Yeah, yeah, we've been <laughs> advertising with them since like two thousand and three or two thousand. Yeah, 2003 yeah. or 2004. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone through many, many, many um, different sort of like design aesthetics. If you look yeah. at all the issues. <laughs> this is a good one, though. I love I love an Art Deco piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, like the pin came out really cool. Um, I don't know if he showed, I don't know if he showed pictures of it. We just got a picture from the pin manufacturer of it. And it looks really nice. And the, the pin is kind of like the central Cthulhu diamond shaped part of it. And the it's all silver and two colors of green. Nice. Hopefully people enjoy them. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I almost forgot to mention that Saturday is the big day. Um, so in the past, we've rented out a secondary venue to have like more panel, more panels and readings and gaming and more vendors and things like that. That venue is no longer renting for the time being because of COVID. Um, but we were able to mm. reserve the meeting room at the Hollywood library, which is just two blocks down from the theater. Oh, cool. 
So if you're look if you're outside the theater and you're looking down the street towards Rite Aid, that's 41st Avenue. And mm-hmm. if you go two blocks down, the Hollywood Library is on the left, past the Dania Furniture Store, and they have a meeting room in there. And we are going to be doing um, because we are allowed to bring in light refreshments. We are going to do our carb load for Cthulhu on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it's open to the public. Anybody can come, even if you didn't buy a ticket. If you want to come listen to author readings, have some donuts and coffee, and just kind of hang out for a Saturday morning literary hang session, come out and join us. It's going to be really fun. That sounds amazing. That's very cool. Nice. Um. Well, Mac Wynn, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. I, I'm because we could yammer on forever, but I, I know, know like, what else super busy. Uh, I mean, it's always great to have you on. I don't think we've ever had you and Brian. Um, one time we showed up at, when you were still in your studio. Oh, right. Really that was a yep. Came. Yeah. Okay. But usually around this time, like he is in the process of um, downloading tracking processing films trying to mm. get some other stuff in order like he is the tech person of the, the tech backbone of this festival oh i can only imagine I like anything to watch if it weren't for him <laughs> <laughs> we, we've done live events for this show and it's literally just involves us showing up and maybe connecting like a sound system and we lose our minds so i can't imagine putting on a three-day film festival <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so you're doing the undead lord's work there <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, Gwen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I can't wait to see everything that's in store at the Lovecraft Film Festival this year. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Yep. And I might, on Friday, I might be bringing like my friend since kindergarten. He's heard me talk about this festival and he's never once been able to attend. Oh my gosh. Oh my so I'll see if I can get him in on a Friday or something. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Friday, October 7th, from 4 to 6 p.m., there's a meet and greet with filmmakers, audience guests at the Liftoff Lounge, which is, um, I think, 54th and Sandy. It's maybe like uh-huh. a 10-minute walk from the theater or like a three-minute car ride up the theater. Uh-huh. This is a very cool lounge that's been around for, I don't know, five or six years. <laughs> is it um, like we, in that weird triangle-shaped building? Like your triangle shaped building. I sent you a link recently. It's all Super like Jetsons themed. 50 oh. It's amazing. He knows it's below the Wolf Den. Wolf Den! Uh, yeah, story. yeah. I've been, uh, that place has been on my radar recently because it looks super fun. Yeah, 1950s sci fi. Uh, what a good reason to go check that out. Nice. Yeah. Huh. They have um, really good cocktails and a really good, like a good food menu. Like they're small plates, but the, all the food is amazing. And if you need something heartier, it's across from that really decent food pod. You can get mm-hmm. some nosh there and Cosmonkey Comics. It's a cool area of Portland, y'all. You should check it out. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So come for the meet and greet. Come for the films. Come for the Carbolo for Cthulhu. And then more films and live performances and Jeffrey Combs and films on 35 millimeter. And then um, Sunday is like, if you're into the short film, Sunday is the day to go. We try to make sure that you can see, like, you could see short films all day if you want. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Um, and then the after party um, on Sunday, I've decided it's going to be at Chopsticks Karaoke Bar. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they're usually dead on Sunday. It's easy to get a song in. They have a patio. 
they have snacks. It's easy to spread out. And the dirt's are handy. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing next weekend. <laughs> All the yeah, I'm just trying to imagine how much karaoke would have freaked Lovecraft out. That would have been the most horrific thing for him ever. <laughs> Like more than like an all you can eat fish buffet that would have fucking terrified him, which is great. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, cool. Thank you as always for putting on such an amazing show. That's not only a lot of fun, but it's really important. It gives a lot of filmmakers some of their first early shots to experiment and just, you know, it's one of those things that it's become important an institution. And I think the whole city and community is better for it every single year. So mm-hmm. thank you. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you for supporting and coming and helping Always. us. Always. Always spread the madness. <laughs> cool. Thanks a lot, Gwen. Thanks. Bye, yep. guys. Get some rest Bye. if you can. I will try. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> we hear the clicks before the sign off. Click, click. Click, click, click. Oh, that was man. awesome. I'm so excited for this uh, film festival. Yeah, it's just like just scrolling through the the list of films. Um, I'm like, ooh, that what was that? Mm, okay, we I could have spent a lot more time just having Gwen like give us little details about this is this and that is that. Mm-hmm. I, I already know ahead of time how exhausted I am going to be next Monday. Probably more so than the horror festival. Yes. Yep. I think that was Friday, at least. Hmm? See, on Friday, I'm going to try. You know, I've never gone to an after hours Moon and Sixpence event. I've been invited multiple mm-hmm. times. Uh, I, I lucked out last year. I didn't have a job during uh, Lovecraft. So <laughs> that, that made it really easy to just dive into everything. Right. Well, cool. It's a lot of fun. We should probably wrap up for the night. Indeed. So again, huge thanks to Gwen and uh, Brian and Brian. Yes, I always forget because he's not on the show. Sure, uh, yeah. buy your tickets now. Get your tickets now. Huge thanks to Witch Hunt seventy dollars, seventy dollars, folks. Yes, Just... and ignore Aaron's like throwing shade comments. It's or at least make it only mine. No, it's no, it is legit a a really awesome deal. I was saying earlier, I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know if you can like do a full day of Disney for seventy bucks. <laughs> I mean, like no. maybe maybe a ticket. No, but no, no, no variety no. of ticket. A that is a ticket to California Adventures, like a hundred and thirty dollars. Jesus fuck. Yeah, that's three regular movie tickets to any three run of the mill movies. To damn oh, your man. just about twenty four hours of film if you were able to hit almost everything. Oh, yeah. Man, I want- Oh my god, I feel I feel old now because I was supposed to when I was a kid, uh, a family of four got into the movies for twenty bucks. Yep, you're getting old. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before we sign off, also don't forget you can place your pre-orders now at your local comic shop for season of the Bruja. Please do it. A because it's really fucking good. I don't care even even as mine. It's really good. Super proud of it. And Sarah and I really want to do a volume two. Uh, Spoilers. It's almost all in Mexico, so you definitely want to see a volume two. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, well, with that, I guess I'm Aaron Duran. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, I'm Rita. And I am still Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to everybody next week, hopefully with a guest. 
I Hopefully. don't want to say who because sure. I don't want to tease it again. Okay. We'll know a few days before, and then I'll make an announcement. Knock on composite here. Yeah, knock on whatever's. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.